0: Do you guys, uh, do you believe in spiritual warfare? Like that there's things going on in this room that you and I don't see and uh, that the real battle isn't, even in church, it's not about me coming up with a good enough message to get into your human mind and, uh, you know, some sort of great evidence to prove to you that Jesus is the Son of God and I can just intellectually get you to believe, but that there's just so much more going on in this room than what you and I see. Uh, there's, there's this uh, passage in 2 Kings, um, 2 Kings where <laughs> Elisha the prophet he was kind of ruining things for these other kings that would try to battle with Israel because as a prophet, Elisha would know things and he would say, Hey, don't go there, you know, and and warn Israel, don't go over there. It's a trap. You know, he just had this connection. So this king of Syria gets pretty angry because Elisha is just really ruining his day. He's trying to kill Israelites and, and, uh, Elisha keeps warning everyone. Um, And it says in uh, verse 11 of 2 Kings 6, it says, And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, Go and see where... He is that I may send and seize him. It was told him, behold, he's in Dothan. So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Okay, so you get this picture. They're like, man, what's going on? Like Israel, how, do I have a spy or something? Because Israel always knows where I'm going to go attack them. And they're like, no, it's, this, this, it's just this one guy, Elisha. It's like he knows what you say in your bedroom. He just knows everything. And he goes, okay, let's go kill Elijah, right? It's, 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 he's like the Jack Bauer of the day. Let's, let's just get him, and, and then we can attack the, the country. Um, and, and so he, uh, he sends these horses, sends these chariots, and then in verse 15 it says, When the servant of the man of God rose early, so this is Elisha's servant, the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, An army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, and then Elisha said, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, "O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, please strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, this is not the way. And this is not the city. Follow me and I'll bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. It's it's just this whole thing where. uh, It's just this strange thing where Elisha. Could see things that. His servant couldn't see. And here's this war going on and. And these people that came to catch Elisha and. And, and try to capture him and go, man, what's going on with this guy? And uh, Elisha wasn't scared when he saw this army around him because somehow he could see what was going on in this spiritual world. And he said, we're not alone. He goes, I'm not afraid because we're not alone. Um, and, and he says, God, you know what? Show my servant. He, he won't know what I'm talking about, so open his eyes because he'll think I'm crazy. And suddenly his servant looks and goes, were oh, you kidding me? There's these, these chariots of fire. There's these angels all around. And, and then when they came to attack, Elisha would just say, strike them with blindness. Do something to this army that's coming again. Like, there's this whole spiritual thing, and I, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't understand it, yet I believe it. And I, this isn't even where I was going this morning at all, and this is not where I went last service at all. Um, last service was a disaster. Laughter um, <laughs> Because Matt and I, we planned this service, you know, and and going through Philippians 3. And in in first verse, uh, Philippians 3 says, uh, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. And I, you know, so, so earlier this week, or maybe it was last week, I said, you know, let's just have a... Awesome time of rejoicing. Let's just celebrate. Let's just uh you know I go maybe we'll put a bunch of verses on there and I'll just get the people screaming over these verses and just rejoicing because we just don't rejoice well sometimes here. And I've been to places where there's they're really good at rejoicing and you're just screaming and dancing, and then you know, other places where they're horrible. And we're you know we're somewhere in the middle, but I I just I just want to be people who rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. And so we plan the service, and I'm just picturing Coming here and just rejoicing and screaming and everything else. But uh, So I get here and I see Matt at the sound booth in the back. And he's like, hey, how's it going? Or whatever, how you doing? I go, I'm in a terrible mood right now. I'm actually mad. Um, I don't get mad. I don't stay mad. I'm just grouchy. I've been grouchy for the last 24 hours or so. And just... In fact, I don't even want to talk to anyone. I'm just going to go in this back room here and just whine. You know? <laughs> and so that's what I did. You know? And he had a whole rejoicing time. And you know, people out here are you know, sharing their rejoicing. And, and, and you know, remember when you were a little kid and you would pout? And, uh, and your parents would say, well, just go in your room and pout then. And we're going to keep playing. You know, and everyone out there is laughing. And you're in your room pouting, going, I don't care. If They're all rejoicing out there. It's like it brought back all of those childhood memories, you know, of just no, I'm going to sit here and pout. I'm not going <laughs> to rejoice, you know. And uh, but I, and I was thinking about it, it's it's hard because um, like I I I'm in there and I, I didn't want to be out here because I didn't want to be fake during the rejoicing time and. And at the same time, I was just going to blow through my sermon for a service, and and I, and I, it didn't work. And I, I don't do the fake thing real well. Um, and, and I try to create this, oh, no, no, I'm going to work myself into it. I'm going to rally the people and get them to rejoice because it's not fair. Just because I'm bummed out doesn't mean that they shouldn't rejoice, and I'm trying to create this whole, ah, you know, you know thing. And it, it just, uh, and I told them, I go, you know what? I'm, I'm just not, I'm not there today. I'm just not, uh, and, and I'm, and I can't fake it. You know, you ever have those times where it's not like everything's falling apart or anything. Um, but you just don't feel like screaming, shouting, singing. Um, I mean, you really feel more like crying. And, and, I, and I guess what the Lord's taught me just even during the last service is sometimes maybe I, I think of rejoicing in the wrong way. Um, where absolutely there's a celebration there ought to be and there ought to be those times in our lives. But rejoicing doesn't always look the same like in my heart. I have tremendous peace right now. I really do. Um, even though I feel like crying, does that, does that make sense? Like, like it's it's not like uh, you know you just rejoice. Oh, cool! The Cardinals won. <laughs> they didn't. Um, you, you just it's 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 in the midst of um, some of that pain that you just. It's okay. Um, it doesn't mean I'm going to be jumping up and down, but. At the same time, I'm at total peace and there still is a joy in the Lord. And I brought up the, the um, spiritual warfare thing. Sorry, my mind's totally scattered right now. Um, because I don't even know if I interpreted it right because I didn't really study it. But uh, it was just in my head back there. And, and I was also looking at another passage in 2 Corinthians 12. And I'm, I'm bringing this all to a point. I think, in Second uh, Corinthians 12, Paul is talking about how he got these different revelations from God. And, uh, and that's a pretty awesome thing. Again, he, he just got these amazing revelations. But then he said, uh, in verse 7, after talking about these revelations that God gave him, in verse 7 it says, For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. And Paul talks about a couple of things. He says, you know, there's, there's something about this spiritual warfare that, that I don't talk about enough, I don't understand enough. There are things going on in this room that I don't understand and I don't have eyes to see. And then there are things that happen to me that, that sometimes I'll just look at and go, well, that's just, it's just life, it's just life, it's just life. Because you, you remember there was that period of time where, and there's, it's still done in some churches, where everything's Satan. You remember? And there was that Saturday night lights, Saturday night... Uh, live uh, skit where it's like, well, could it be Satan? You know, and they just mock the whole, uh, you know, thing about Satan and everything else because there were those churches that saw a demon in everything, you know, every time. Oh man, my shoelace is untied, Satan. You know, it's just, everything is Satan. And so what we did was we, you know, went the opposite direction and just said, no, everything is just life and everything is just explained in the physical. And yet... Um, You know we do that we swing the pendulum back and forth and back and forth yet the truth is is there are things that happen because it's life and there are things that happen because it is Satan and because there are supernatural attacks and and there are times I notice I mean you got to understand there's some great things happening in the world right now in the Christian world it's not huge in the sense of really widespread. I mean, most of American Christians just attend church, hear a sermon to deceive themselves and think, oh, I listened to a good sermon. They do nothing and then they just walk away with joy. Hey, I went to church. That's the majority still. Vast, 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 vast majority are exactly like James, where James, where James says, you know, what? it's like they look in a mirror and they see what's wrong with them and then they walk away without changing it. Okay, that, that's, that's still America, okay? That's what we do in church in America. And it's accepted. It's fine. I, I mean, I was, I was speaking at a conference this week, and I was like the eighth or ninth speaker, you know? I mean, it's just like, man, how much can you listen to sermons, and what are you going to do? And it's not like, you know, I mean, the other speakers, they, they had like Erwin Lutzer, if you heard of him, uh, Crawford Loritz, Chuck Colson, Alistair Begg, Franklin Graham. Okay, so you're, you're listening to a lot of sermons, and and sometimes we can deceive ourselves into thinking, wow, I heard a lot of sermons, or I hear a lot. Yeah, you know, I hear people, you know, like thousands and thousands of people will listen to this podcast today, and uh, and they'll listen to a bunch of other podcasts too. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. You know, people say, oh yeah, I always listen to your message, and then I'll listen to Piper, then I'll listen to you know, Chandler, then I'll listen to Driscoll, and then I'll listen. To, you know, I mean, we are just flooded, flooded, flooded with sermons. You know, just at our fingertips right now. And we pride ourselves on the more we hear and hear and hear. And yet, honestly, we're seeing less and less people who do the word of God. And the Bible says it's like you're staring at a mirror all day, finding everything that's wrong with you, and then you walk away from it without changing anything. And so, so while that's still the majority, and I and I say that because I I, I think about the messages I, I heard from Todd and 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 Josh just the last couple of weeks, amazing sermons, and 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 it's so cool to be back in a place where some of you, man, you hear the word of God and you do it. My wife was at the foster parenting meeting yesterday. I, I couldn't be there; I was in Dallas, but I. I, I, I heard there was like a hundred of you there. You know, I mean, and, and that's not making a little commitment. It's not like we preached on giving and you threw an extra five bucks in the plate, which usually is what happens. You know, um, we're talking about foster care. We're talking about taking a kid into your home. We're talking about caring for the least of these. I mean, this is major, major sacrifice. This is a lot of work. You're talking about taking certain people who've been rejected by their own parents. And 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 kids with different problems and issues, and and some of you are just going. You know what? I know, I know, I know the cost, but I I'm going to love this kid. I'm going to love this kid. I'm going to take this kid in. And a hundred of you showed up. I mean, I heard about that. I thought, I wonder if that's ever happened. No, literally ever. You know, where a church says, you know, we're going to do a, a foster parenting class, and. Uh, and and we're going to care for some of these, the least of these. And it's a big commitment. This is not an easy little thing you do. It's not like a little hobby. This isn't like, hey, come in, you know, come early and help us pick around, pick up trash around the, you know, campus. This is, no, this is live it out. Sacrifice. And, and so many of you guys have done that. And it, you know how much that just, it just thrills me to hear these things. And... Uh, and, and, and I'm reading, and, you know, last time I preached in Philippians 2, and I talked about how Paul goes, you know, there's no one like Timothy. I have no one like him. And then he talks about Epaphroditus. He goes, honor this guy because, you know, he gave his life for me. You know, he, 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 was, he almost died. You know, he risked his life just to help me out, honor these men. And, and as I travel, I, I think back to our church. And I think about, you know, as I'm listening to Todd's message on the Internet, and I'm listening to Joshua's message on the Internet and going, man, these are men of God. What amazing men of God. You know, Todd was one of the first guys in my life to make me feel like I'm not crazy. You know? And then I think about Joshua. And, I, and, and you know, and I'm reading what Paul says about Timothy and about Epaphroditus. And I'm going, man, that's the way I feel about these guys. And, and then, I, then I start thinking about our community pastors. Like Matt Moore, you know, Terry Earwood, Steve Doucette, Bill Lucas. And I just think, man... You talk about guys with hearts of gold. Like I've shared before, I'm not quick to trust. I I don't trust a lot of people. And I'm looking at the team of guys we have, and I go, I trust them. I look at the elder board, and I go, I trust these guys. In fact, I trust them. I I can honestly stand before you right now and honestly say, I trust these people more than I trust myself. Like when they get in a room and they come up with something and they they, they, they you know pray about it and they, they just come to this decision if i 'm on a different plane than them, I trust their opinion more than mine i mean, 'm not so arrogant I'm, I am arrogant, but i 'm not as arrogant as to think, "Wow, these guys that I trust like crazy, man, when they come to a decision, I just go man i 'm going to go with i 'm going to go with you guys because I think we should do this, but i 'm going to go with this." Because you just realize, you know, that's the way God's ordained leadership in the church, anyways. This plurality of leaders and all that to say. Okay, then let me, let me just bring this all back to make sense because it's uh, it's a lot of scattered thoughts. Um, I really believe Satan's attacking me. I I I really sense it because, like I said, while there's still a lot of junk out there, there's this. There's like this movement going on, little pockets here and there. And and mainly amongst the the younger crowd that that I've never seen before, where they're starting to take this book. And and they don't do what most people do, where they hear the word of God and forget about what they heard and do nothing about it and pat themselves on the back. There's these people that are, and and many of them here, that are hearing the word of God. And they're going, I'm going to do something. I'm going to respond to that. Because that was one of the first lessons I learned in Bible college. Our president got up and said, be careful. Be careful when you can hear the word of God and do nothing. Because it quickly becomes a habit. And that's a scary, scary habit to have in your life. When you can hear a sermon, get convicted by it, and then do nothing. You'll find yourself doing it. Oh, Once you can resist answering the word of God, it becomes easier and easier and easier. Your heart gets more and more hardened to where it's like, oh, I can hear something convicting and do nothing. And you do it more and more and more. And that's why be careful as you listen to messages and you hear from the word of God and as you read from the word of God. I mean, some people, yeah, absolutely, you don't spend enough time in the word. But sometimes, ah... And I want to be careful how I say this, but it could be possible that some of you spend too much time reading the word and hearing the word and not enough time actually doing it and practicing it. And I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say that, but there's because you would just think, no, the more sermons you hear, the better. Not really, not not if you don't apply them you're just you're just heaping more judgment on yourself you know you're just you're just hearing more things that you're not applying anyways, let me get back to my point um, if I have one uh it's it's this i i just I believe there are people that are starting to change the way we've been doing church. And it's getting very, very exciting to me, and it's very exciting to be in the thick of that, because I think church is going to change over these next few years, and we're seeing that the world is going to get more and more hostile toward Christianity, and those who just kind of come casually will be gone, Um, and yet there's this movement going on of people that are saying, no, I'll die for this thing. People who are living out the Philippians 3, you know, the Philippians 1, 2, where we say, say for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Like Christ is everything to me. So you can take everything else away from me, but I've still got Jesus. And that's all I need. That's all I need. He's worth it. Uh, it's people who will, who will go with the Philippians 3.10 that says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. He, you know, people say, you know what, I, I want to know everything there is to, to know about Christ. I want Christ, I want his power, I want the power of the resurrection, I want to understand that. And not only that, but I also even want the fellowship of his sufferings. That means if I have to suffer to really know Jesus, bring it on. And I was praying that prayer this week, just going, wow, Lord, I, I do want that. I want everything there is, you know, that, 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 that Jesus entails. I, I want it all. I don't want to just have the power. I don't want to just have the, int- I, I want the fellowship of his sufferings. There's some sort of sweet, sweet fellowship that comes. There's some sort of intimacy you'll only get when you suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. And for most of my life, I didn't want that. For most of my life, it's like, give me the power, give me the intimacy, keep the suffering to yourself. Um, but then you trust. You learn to trust God's word over time. You go, God, you know what? Give me that too. Because I'm just seeing the more Jesus, the better. And, uh, and so he answered my prayer. <laughs> and uh, I, I just don't... I just don't do the fake thing good. You know, I, I got a sermon all written down and was going to do a last service and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't fake my way through it. Um, Cause the truth is, is I need your prayers. Truth is, is uh, I was a basket case this morning and didn't want to be here and just wanted to get back in my car and drive home, but I couldn't figure out a way out of it. And and the truth is, I didn't want to say anything to anyone because I. This is what I hate. I don't want it to be about me. And see, like if you have a bad day, um, a few of your friends will come, put their arms around you, and everything else, and it's good. You know, a little attention's good. We all need a little bit of that. I have a bad day, and thirty thousand people want to put their arms around me, and that's just <laughs> gross. You know, it's just. It's, it's just to me, it's like. Ah, you know, no one, no one should get that much attention, you know, it's, it's the same with like, you know, and, and I know, and it's the same with the encouragement. It's like, no one needs that many people to encourage them, to build them up. No one needs that many people to comfort them. It's just so, so there's this temptation where I just want to come out here and lie. Because I don't want to deal with everyone wanting to counsel me and rebuke me and hug me. And, you know, whatever it is, it's just like, and I don't want it to be about me. And yet at the same time, I can't lie. I can't come up here and say, oh, let me just go through my sermon and do the pastor, happy pastor, you know, routine. Um, it's just not it. I, and so it is what it is. Uh, I encourage you. I'm just asking you, would you please pray for me? Um, because I really feel the attack lately. And I really believe that it's it's more than just life. Um, that is spiritual. And I believe something's happening. And I'm excited to be a part of it. And I believe that it's for that reason that Satan will attack. And yet at the same time, I believe what he told Paul. That you know what? My grace is sufficient to you. And that that somehow even in my weakness. Even though I can't come up here and be... Cheerful me and you know and, and fire everyone up and get everyone rejoicing in the Lord that, that maybe it's, it's through my weakness today that some of you will get something or understand something because the truth is as you follow Jesus it doesn't mean that you're going to be happy all the time. It does mean that you're joyful and maybe sometimes I, I misunderstand that joy and there's a there's a deep-seated joy um, and that's not to excuse those of you who are never joyful and happy and express it outwardly. Because that's a sin also. But I can tell you right now, um, I don't really want to be here. Uh, I, I'd love to just go home, which I will soon. And maybe we'll just show the video in the next couple services. So, um, But I, that doesn't take away from the fact that I love Jesus Christ. I really do, and I know there's a future. I know there's a hope, and yeah, I am a little bummed out right now. And and I know that's weird to to just say that and for you to see that. And but I'm not going to hide it. And there's times when when I know some of you guys come in this room and and you don't feel like rejoicing because you had a pretty rough week. And and sometimes there's sin in that. Sometimes there's sin. In a, and, and I'm not trying to excuse myself and say there's no sin in my life. That there's, There is that little childish rebellion that goes, no, I won't rejoice. I won't rejoice. I'm going to sit in here and pout. Um, but there's also this other side, this other truth that sometimes life you know, is just too much. You just took, took on too much. I feel like I took on too much. Um, I, uh, I've been dreading February and March ever since about October. Um, because I looked at my schedule and I saw what I had done to myself and I had just put too many things on there and, uh, didn't see a way out of them or that, uh, you know, I just made a mistake, took on too much. Um, but, um, but it's me, it's like either I'm going hundred miles an hour or just give it up. You know, it's just, it's just, um, that's, it's my personality, but sometimes you just bite off more than you can chew. And I just feel like, okay, I think I did that. I think I, I, I did that this time. A little too much speaking, a little too much traveling, too many commitments and writing. And then still got a family and kids at home and everything else. And just trying to balance it all together. And uh, you you start getting stressed out because you look at it humanly. Um, You don't look in the spiritual realm. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes the first thing that goes is your own prayer life. And you let some of that go. And so then things that normally wouldn't bug you so much, they bug you. And they give you a bad attitude and everything else. And some of it again, is just my own flesh and my sin. Some of it is just life, and life gets difficult. And some of it, I believe, really is Satan and really is an attack. Because, like I said, things are happening here that aren't happening around the world, that aren't happening across the U.S. You know, there's some unique things going on here, what God's done in some of your lives. Like I said, this is really abnormal. I'm looking at our pastoral staff, and to have these many guys... That I go, man, I know they love the Lord. I see the Holy Spirit alive and well in their lives. And they're great leaders and very worthy of you following them. And I lift them up and honor them just as Scripture tells us to. And I hope you do too. Um, but because of that and because of what God's doing in your lives, and, and I'm seeing so many people get it. And it's like the light is turning on for some of you. And this is no longer a hobby and that's in, a, in a meeting you attend. It's your life. It's Christ. Christ is everything to you. And because of that, Satan's going to attack. He's going to attack. And so I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just ask you guys um, to pray for me. Not to put the attention on me. Uh, I don't want you thinking too much about me. I don't want you feeling like you need to comfort me or counsel me or, or whatever. But I, I do... Pray not—not not so much for me, I guess, um, but me as a part of this thing that God's doing here, um, for the sake of His glory and for His name's sake, um, to pray for me because uh, I'm not myself right now, uh, and and I, I don't—I'm not going to lose this fight, you know. I, I see guys get to a certain point in their ministry, and uh, like this pride sets in, or all sorts of weird things come in, and Satan comes in, and we were talking about that last week how many guys actually finish well you know they get going to a certain point and then they just blow it all and that's that's always been my biggest nightmare like i don't want to don't want to head in the wrong direction you know and uh and so i I am asking for your prayers um don't want to make too much of it but don't want to make too little of it either so does that make sense and 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 yet at the same time, I want you to understand that that I'm rejoicing. I really am rejoicing internally, even though my face won't show it um, so much today, and, and everything else. In my heart, I know what's right. I know God is good. I know God is good. And it's just it's just been a bad couple of days for me. And uh, and it's just weird that it happens to happen right before Sunday, uh, the day I'm supposed to talk about rejoicing and. And I just thought I just I just can't pull it off today. I can't pull off not that talk, not now. And so there it is. Um I know some of you guys are visiting. <laughs> uh and that's always weird. And and, and you know, but I, I thought about that when I was back there. You need to know, man. Following Jesus, it's it's a war. <laughs> it's not it's not joining the happy club. It's just it's uh, you know, it's not this isn't Chuck E. Cheese in here. It's uh, it's like it's a war, it's a battle, and you have to think it through. Am I willing to suffer? Am I willing to fight this fight? Um because if you sit on the sidelines, you don't do anything, Satan's not going to attack you. I've used that analogy for it. it's like if, if, if you're playing basketball against me, you know, and I'm just standing at half court doing nothing, you're not going to guard me You and go get busy with someone else. But once I I take the ball and I start taking it to the hole, as many, of you know, I can. I, I uh, <laughs> then pretty soon. You start, you know, guarding me, double teaming me, triple teaming, doing anything to stop me. And uh, and, and that's what happens in the spiritual world, too. You know, some of you guys, well, Satan doesn't attack me. Well, does he have reason to? Um, I, I just think it's those times when you go, okay, I'm going to fight this thing. I'm going to go after it. So, so understand if you decide to follow Jesus, not, not pray a prayer and call yourself a Christian. Okay, I'm saying if you really make a decision to follow Jesus and live for his kingdom, I'm not, I'm not going to come up here and pretend to you, you know, because I want to get a bunch of people that baptized. In fact, I'm, I'm going to try to talk you out of it right now. Um, really, that seemed like what Jesus did. Do you understand that by following Jesus Christ, it means you're entering into a war? I mean, to follow, I mean, truly follow Jesus Christ and to live the way he asked you to to follow his morality that's going to get more and more unpopular on this earth. It's going to be a war. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a fight. And the question is, is, do you really want to do that? Do you see Jesus Christ and his forgiveness and his eternal kingdom, something that is so valuable that you're willing to lose everything in order for that, that you're willing to fight the fight for the rest of your life? See that's that's the question: Is, is Jesus that valuable to you? Because if so, then yes, then come up into this water. And what this symbolizes, what this represents, which this is empty. So janitors, it's it's uh, drained almost. So um, there's not a lot of water in there. So maybe you guys have a trick to fill it up. But anyways, if you want to get uh, if you want to get baptized, and they'll fill it in the next five minutes, I think somehow. Um, or just pray, you know, it's like the loaves and the fish, pray for water. Um, If you want to get baptized, I'm I'm, I'm telling you just right off the bat, this isn't like a fun thing um, on this earth. There are times when it's just absolutely brutal, absolutely brutal, because it's a war, it's a battle, but it's because you believe that there's a treasure in Christ and an intimacy you can have with him that's worth the pain, that's worth the fighting, that's worth the suffering, and that there's an eternal kingdom that he offers that's worth it all. And there's an intimacy and a relationship you can have with God. I mean, that's such a great treasure that, yes, I'll come up here, and by entering the waters, you are dying to your old self. That old self with all the things that you're holding on to and you thought would bring you so much pleasure. You realize that was a dead end road and I found something. So even if I have to suffer on this earth. I'm going to go for it because it's a treasure so great that with great joy, I'll go through the suffering and get this treasure. And if that's you, then that's what this is for. That's what this, this offers you this baptism. And, uh. It's, it's, it's the cross, you know, it's believing that Jesus died and rose again. And so if that's you, there'll be some people up here to pray with you. And, and maybe some of you are like me today where, uh, oh, there you go, water's turned on, <laughs> see? Um, maybe some of you, uh, maybe some of you today, um, you just need prayer. And you didn't even want to come here today because you're just so bummed out. And maybe you're having a hard time rejoicing and you gotta fight for that joy. It's so good just to have some elders and pastors that that heard heard me last service and come up and just lay hands on me and pray for me and you know, and that's all I needed was just a few of the close friends that that I trusted and knew and to pray for me. And maybe you just need that this morning. Um, and that pride keeps you from that sometimes, because I know it does for me. I like to believe that I can do everything by myself, you know, and I don't need anyone. And then uh, every once in a while, God takes you to that point where it's like, no, you need, you need these guys. You need these guys. I'm like, like, oh, yeah, you're right. And it's just encouraging. I, I tell you, I look forward to coming home every time because of some of the men in this church that really get it. Because sometimes I feel alone and you get back and go oh no you get it we're we're not crazy right this is it this is worth it right and to pray with them and everything else maybe some of you just need that this morning and so as we worship matt's going to come up and lead us in worship as we do that if you need some prayer you want to get baptized and and um again i apologize if this wasn't what you expected today and yet at the same time i don't because i don't want to i don't want to be fake in front of you guys um this is, this is what it is and doesn't mean that Jesus and I aren't in love with each other and that uh, things aren't still ultimately very, very good. It's just I need your prayers this week and would appreciate it. So thanks.